Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, and I'm joined here by Logan. I'm glad to have Logan on. Uh, he's been working his ass off at his new job, so he's kind of been uh, not able to get on as much, but that's going to change. You know, everyone has to get used to their schedules and stuff, so uh, we're actually going to be bringing this uh, USFL and chill episode for this week, this past week of week eight of the USFL second season. Uh, pretty exciting overall. I mean, if you just look at the overall scores, tight games across the board. Um, a humiliating factor right now of, about the league is not just about the it's not about the league like in any kind of negative way but just the talent like scale is so unbalanced that the north is 13 and 3 against southern te- and against northern teams that's this year. crazy that's bad uh, especially when you think when you're thinking about okay the championship game there's going to be a northern and a southern team yeah. who's going to be better in the one one and done situation I'm kind of leaning towards the south right now obviously but um, you know the stars are yeah, they put up a good fight this past weekend, but um, Logan, did you want to go over the the scores real fast for us? Uh, yeah, the Gamblers won uh, twenty to nineteen against the, the uh, was that the the Maulers. Maulers, yeah. yeah. So the the Gamblers are now five and three, you know, and probably won't win the won't make the playoffs, which is crazy. Um, the Stallions beat the Stars 27-24. Stallions probably look like the best team in the league still. Six and two. They're probably my pick to win it all again. You know, yeah, back to back. And then Showboats beat the Generals twenty five to sixteen. Generals is not like they're not what we thought they were. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what I, happened. Yeah, like they showed some promise and then they. The sad thing is they still do weekly with their rush attack. They have a really good running back in Darius Victor, but like just can't put it all together. You're you're right. I mean, there's drops yep. but from the receivers. They don't have that clear cut number one without Turpin or Darius Shepard. They had serious losses. But I agree with you. They're not what we thought they were. And then the same thing with the Panthers. You know, that they lost 24-20 to against the Breakers. And, and, you know, those first two weeks, the Panthers will be one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, they've, not, they've done nothing but sputter since then. Yeah. And, and Breakers, I mean, they're just kind of mid. They really are. You know, they started off hot and then went on a cold stretch. And, you know, they won this game, but the Panthers are pretty bad too. So, I, I think all the Breakers' wins have been kind of shitty wins. Mm. Um. Did they beat the Stallions? They beat them once, but they okay. did just get, you know, kind of decimated by Alex McGoo last yeah. week in Week Seven. Um, so I, I don't week. know. Uh, are they in the playoffs right now, the, the Breakers? Every team in the South, there's only one implication for the Southern Division this upcoming weekend, and that is if the Stallions win, they're locked in. They're locked in at the number one seed. That means home field advantage at Birmingham at Protective Stadium. That means also that the Memphis Showboats. Could be eliminated with a if they lose and the Stallions win, they're out. Wow. And they're five and three. They're on a that's five crazy. game win streak. That just shows you how tight the yeah, South that's is. Crazy. And with the North implications, um, the Philadelphia Stars, if they win, they're in. The Michigan Panthers, if they win, they're in. But the interesting the Panthers, yeah. What? Um, yeah. They, they've what? they've their two of their wins have come against divisional opponents, and I don't think the I think the Maulers have only won one divisional game this year, and that was against oh. the Stars. So their division is completely fucked. Yeah, something's got to change. They're going to get in there at 5-5 five and five if they win out. Um, but if they lose this weekend, it gives the Generals and Maulers still hope. They're 2-6. and six. That's insane. It's just, that's how lopsided and it is. Honestly, out of all of those teams, I would probably like to see the Maulers in Me there. Me too, the bro. Yes, Troy Williams. Like, I, yes. I don't want to see Josh Love. I don't want to <laughs> see whoever's playing with the Generals. Call a letter. It's, yeah, it's someone shit every week. <laughs> it seems someone like that it. can't put it all together. 
So, I mean, I know the Maulers aren't the best team. Out of, they're probably the worst team out of all three of them. I don't even know, to be honest. It's they're hard. pretty bad. Yeah, it's hard. But I think the Maulers would be the most fun team to watch. And I can see them, you know, maybe getting an upset. But with that defense, you never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing I did want to go over with you briefly was the uh, player of the weeks for week eight. Johnny Dixon had a great game, uh, two touchdowns, over 120 yards um, receiving. And then special teams player of the week, Alex Kessman, the kicker for the Memphis Showboats. And sorry to not correctly announce him, Johnny Dixon, wide receiver for the New Orleans Breakers, got offensive player of the week. And again, Alex Kessman was special teams player of the week. And I believe he went six for six. And now he's 19 for 19 on field goals this year. He's definitely getting a call. Yeah. Um, it was a tryout. He's yeah. So he's going to a camp. Yeah. Um, and then also some more records, even though, like you said, the Breakers are underwhelming, kind of mid, but kind of spring records here. Um, McCloy Bethel Thompson surpassed Jordan Taylor's 2022 passing title with two games left in the season. Um, Isaiah Henney surpassed 500 career USFL receiving yards. Kenji Bahar tossed his 10th career USFL passing touchdown. Alex Magoo surpassed 2,000 career passing yards with the USFL. Um, and what they're talking about with McCoy Bethel Thompson versus Jordan Tayamu was he's throwing more yards than Tayamu. Tayamu was the only 2,000-yard passer in week and season one, but McCoy Bethel Thompson's already up above 2,100, and he has two games left. Alex Magoo now too, right? Alex Magoo, he's I think he has 1,700 passing uh, yards, but again, he's their leading there. he's their leading rusher. Yeah, there's two games oh, really? left. Yeah, he has over 400 rushing yards and That's four crazy. rushing touchdowns on top of his 16 passing yeah. touchdowns. He's going to for sure. He should or Mark Thompson. That's yeah. the debate. Um, but another thing to to mention is um, some just a recent signing, Devin ha- uh, Hofford, I believe, uh, out of Tarlington State, defensive back for the Michigan Panthers. You know, maybe they can, they, maybe they needed him. You know, like, obviously Mike Nolan targeted him for a reason. But um, I can also see the Birmingham Stallions also brought in a corner, Matt ha- uh, Hankins out of Iowa, and Iowa corners are built different, so that's going to be an upside for. The Stallions, I think, just off of that. Um, and then we talked about the Generals, and, you know, they're still, sadly, in some reason, still in the playoff hunt. So they're bringing in guys, an offensive tackle, Micah Wanterpool out of Hawaii, and uh, Dijon Warren out of Jackson State, another Jackson State guy in the league. Um, and he was actually a fifth-round pick in the Collegian draft, um, which is pretty cool to see more guys that they drafted sign with the league and hopefully return for another season. Um, but just briefly, I wanted to get your impressions on these consistent, um, in my opinion, consistent um, viewership ratings. USA is terrible, and everyone knows that. This is about what they get whenever they have a USA game. Average viewership, I'm not expecting more than 228,000, but you you want to. Mm -hmm. The rest of these games on major cable networks, NBC and Fox, all over 700,000. Like, that's consistent, that's good, in my opinion. Like, you don't want to see anything, like, lower than that on those. They off USA. They do. But the sad thing is USA is owned by NBC, so NBC just puts a game on there. But um, this upcoming weekend, they're all on NBC and Fox. So I think down the stretch, they're just going to be on those big big games. And then I just wanted you to take a look at this this stat here. Um, average viewership by team through week eight. Leading team is the Memphis Showboats. Wow. So they're the most popularly like, watched and tuned into team. Um, and that's through six, these parentheses here are the amount of cable network games they were on, like NBC or Fox. So with six, they're averaging 700, um, 779,000 viewers. So that's pretty impressive. Their fan base is growing. Pittsburgh has only had two. 
and that's that's rough. Shows, yeah. That's that's rough. I mean, it's still good that you know they're averaging four twenty three on two games, but they need to they need to get them on a prime time game, I think. But Birmingham's also in the top three with seven hundred k. They're the most followed that's, team yeah. on social media. I, I I think you could assume that. Yeah. You know, um, but again, it we see Alex Magoo setting modern USFL records. He's leading. Um, he's a USFL record for passing and total touchdowns in a season. Um, again, with his rushing touchdowns and his passing touchdowns, he's just become a touchdown machine. What are your thoughts on Alex McGill? He's, he's got to be MVP this year. And I think maybe he can get a tryout. At least, at least a tryout to some camp, you know? I'd like to see that. I mean, he, he can run, he can throw, you know. Obviously, the speed of the game in the NFL is different, so like, it don't have to be an adjustment, but he's been there before. He's been with Russell Wilson, and he, he's, he's playing well. He really is. I, I think he could definitely be a backup somewhere. You think you think a team like the Giants, like he he kind of fits what the Giants like, like to do with Daniel Jones. Like they like a guy that can run, like a guy that can throw, and make the throws. And obviously he's not as big as Daniel Jones, but you know we have Tyrod Taylor. Let's say he's out. Like we need, we need a third string quarterback. I think it's a guy that can no, do that. No, I, I like that. And you also mentioned the speed difference, and mm-hmm. obviously the NFL from the USFL, and there's a massive one. But I have to say one thing about Alex McGoo. He plays at a different speed in he this does. league. He does. Yeah. And you you can, you can just tell. tell. He's a step ahead. And I, I think you're right. It does warrant at least a tryout. Yeah, the Bucks for sure. give him a call to a camp. Yeah. Yes. Um, one some more um, roster um, and free agency signings regarding the Philadelphia Stars. Big injury reserve list additions for them. Kind of massive ones. The running back Matt Colburn is going to be out this upcoming week, and cornerback Channing Stribling will be out. They did bring in linebacker Ryan Greenhagen um, out of Fordham. Um, apparently he was very good there, a consistent linebacker, especially in coverage. So hopefully that'll you know maybe keep some balance on the defensive side. But Channing Stribling is a fucking massive loss. Seven interceptions in ten games last year. You want him on the X. Like they're not going to throw to him, and you see that every week. I don't think he's allowed a touchdown this year. Um, moving forward to the Pittsburgh Maulers, they're bringing in cornerback Trey Wortham out of UConn. Um, and they released cornerback Shedrick Kirk. Uh, maybe Kirk wasn't getting it done. Uh, but, you know, they at least they're bringing in people. I know their season's over. Like, the 2-6 and six team seasons are over. It's but they're at least secu- for next year, you know? they're s- securing talent, getting these guys game reps in the final two weeks, getting, them ready, for, getting them ready for next year. I, I, like, I like that. Um, and then Jonathan Newsom, defensive end for the Stallions, is now on the IR list, as well as a release uh, cornerback Donnie Lewis. I don't think he saw the field this past weekend, but uh, that's that's a shame. Uh, Michigan Panthers also released offensive tackle Corey Holick, or I I, I think I'm just going to butcher that name every time I try it, but farewell to you, sir. And the Houston Gamblers, they signed outside linebacker Chris Garrett out of Concordia, uh, Concordia excuse me, and wide receiver Emmanuel Butler out of Northern, Northern Arizona. Um, so that's interesting. And uh, some more roster moves here and there, some deactivations from the showboats with D-tackle Dylan uh, Fomatu, and um, yeah, going into I guess what your predictions for this upcoming week would be. What are your thoughts on these upcoming games for Week Nine, Logan? Okay. And would you mind reading the network in time? So first is the Michigan Panthers versus the <laughs> the Maulers, Pittsburgh Maulers, um, at Saturday, June tenth, twelve p.m. on Fox. Um, this one. I don't know. It's kind of two teams that haven't been getting it done. But I'm going to go with the Panthers. You know, there's more at stake on their seat with their season. 
So maybe they'll want it more. I, I don't know. But I don't like Josh Love. Again, he's, against, he's, he's against one of the best defenses in the league. So Ruben Foster's been good yeah. this year. So I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of a toss-up. But I'm going to go with the Panthers just because, you know, they have more to play for. Um, next is the Breakers versus the Showboats, uh, also June 10th at 3 p.m. on NBC. Uh, this one, I'm going to go with the Showboats. Um, they're, they're the hot team right now, five in a row. Um, you know, everything I said about the Breakers before, I mean, they're kind of just a mid-team. And the Showboats have, they're, they're they, like, both these teams have something to play for. They're both trying to make it to the playoffs. But, I mean, from what we've seen the past couple weeks, I think the Showboats want it more. So, Who do you trust more, Thompson or Kelly? Uh, That's what it's going to come down to, the turnover. I, I trust Bethel Thompson more, but I don't know. The, the showboat's got something going. Cole Kelly has won them games. He has. He like, has. he has won them games. Even though he's kind of like a big goof. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, think, I, I do trust Bethel Thompson more. You know, I, I think he is the more... Experience. Yeah, more experience and game on the line. You want it his hands over Cole Kelly. Mm. Um, but like I said, the showboats are on fire right now, so I'm gonna go with them. Um, next, we have the Stallions versus the Gamblers, Sunday, June 11th at 2 p.m. This one is a toss-up. This is a massive game. It is. It's a massive game. Um, Stallions clinch the playoffs with a win, like you said. Um, the Gamblers are trying to make it, so there's probably. I mean, there's there's. It's at stake for both these teams, really. Um, the oof. Gamblers go five and four; they're done. They, yeah, like they're done. They're not. And, and I'm, I'm gonna go with the MVP, Alex Magoo. I, 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 Kenji Bahar is clearly not fully healthy yet, and so I'm gonna go with the better quarterback, and, and that's Alex Magoo, um, in my opinion. Mm. Um, the Stallions will clinch and probably go on to win the championship. Do you think it's gonna be like a blowout? No. Tight game. I, I think it'll be. Uh, Maybe like a seven-point game, twenty-seven okay. twenty, okay, something like that, one-score game. Okay. Um, but next, at, after that, seven p.m. on Sunday, June eleventh, we have the Stars versus the Generals, and this one is easy for me. I'm gonna go with the Stars. They'll clinch as well, right? With a win, yes. With a win, yes. So I'm gonna go with the Stars. I, I don't trust the Generals. It's crazy that they're even in contention still. So it's just because that division is it's it's so bad, fucked. Yeah. Um, Something's gonna so change with that. It does. Um, and I think, you know, you can tell, you know, from season one that the lesser teams are still lesser. Yeah. Which the lesser teams, ironically, were the Panthers, the Maulers, not the Generals. Mm-hmm. It was the Gamblers, Maulers, and Panthers. The general, the Gamblers have made a, a 180 turnaround. Yeah. But the Generals have so fallen, generals. fallen yeah. off a fucking cliff. But the Panthers and the Maulers have all, like, they struggled. The yeah. Panthers only won three games in season one. They have two wins now. Uh, they have three, but then the Maulers only won yeah. one in season one. Now they have two, and you know at least they're showing progress. Yeah. And at least the games aren't massive blowouts. Like there's only been one at really least they have a good bad defense. Game. Yeah, but uh, it is going to be a very interesting one, especially like you said, the Generals and Maulers are still in contention. They could get yeah. in at four and six if the Panthers lose two more games. They're not going to make might. it. They might. They might. They do have one more game at Ford Field. So that'll be interesting to see if that even plays an effect. They haven't won one there this year. They this need is crazy. They need. They've won all three of their games on the road. Um, they need to win one in Ford Field. No one's gonna want to see them play at Ford Field if they keep losing at home. Exactly. But they were guaranteed. I mean, I know we talked about it off mic, but they were guaranteed uh, for the third season that that will be their home field again. So that's that's good. But they do need to, you know, end it off with a fucking banger. They do. You know, 
just for the fans. Maybe just squeeze into the playoffs. You know? Yeah, if a playoff appearance would be nice. And if they won some more games earlier on, they'd have the first. Mm-hmm. They'd be the number one seed with home field. Yeah. So their fans sure. would be able to see a fucking football playoff game in Detroit, which they haven't <laughs> seen in a while. Years. Yeah. Um, and, and and just I guess moving forward here into some stat leaders, just for you to kind of. Oh, and someone I did, we didn't talk about the defensive player of the week for week eight. This is a guy I wanted to kind of give a couple minutes to. Because he's a fucking machine. Like, this guy, like, I don't know how he's not at least, like, in a rotational linebacking core. Like, on an NFL team. I know, like, you're going to look, he doesn't have really the size, you know, maybe the speed's not there, the coverage ability's not there. Dude, this guy's a fucking, he's all over (laughs) And his name is Frank Goddamn Ginda. Frank Bunda. This man got the third defense. Frank Bunda. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. No disrespect, Frank Ginda. You are a fucking G. This man is legitimately. He got the third defensive player of the week award this year. Third. That's crazy. He has 79 tackles in the season. He had over 94 last year in a 10 week season. In a 10 week season, bro. And he was on the fucking Panthers with Jeff Fisher. He was going to try out. Like, know? come on. And he's at 79 now, on pace to breach 90 again. Tell his agent to get talking. Get to talking to like, 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 I don't know if some of these scouts are just blind or something, bro. Maybe they, maybe there's something that they, that they see we don't. But this guy has all the attributes, in my personal opinion, to be a B-grade Malcolm Rodriguez on the NFL team. Like, that's not a bad ask, no. either. It's a, it's a, he doesn't miss his assignments. Yeah, from a guy you just signed from the USFL? Seriously. Like, he has the same builds. He's smaller. He's a smaller linebacker. But he's literally the captain of the Panthers' defense. He has three interceptions this year as a linebacker. He's le- he's amongst the leaders. He's tied for number one. And he has 79 tackles. And I, I don't know where his tackle for losses stat is, but don't worry. I'm going to get that to everyone. Like, this guy is a beast. And I just wanted to shout him out because he's in the top five in tackle leaders with Fred Warn- uh, Warner's brother, Troy Warner, at number five. Chris Orr at number four with 64. Number three, Kalan Tolson, who I think actually got injured this past weekend, so... Hopefully he gets better. He's had a really good season with 65 tackles. And then Frank Ginda at number two and Kayaba Ke- Ke- uh, Tizino at number one. They're, you they're see just... a clear separation yes. in the tiers right there. It's like like the first two, Tizino and Ginda, are, are A tier. And then like you get the B tier, Tolson and Orr, and then C tier. And it goes down to Warner. But Warner's a defensive back. That's Really? What's, yes. That's what's fucking crazy about him. Well, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's crazy. But Chris Orr, he's a really good linebacker for the New Jersey Generals. Shout out to him. A nice captain for them as well. He had double-digit tackles off of it. He was out week seven. He had an injury, came back, and did, did his thing. Got nominated to be Defensive Player of the Week, but Frank Ginda was the clear cut. Frank Bunda. Frank Bunda <laughs> He He's him. Um, now, speaking of sack leaders throughout week eight, we have Breland Speaks, Adam Rodriguez at that one and two. Adam Rodriguez has emerged in the past two weeks. He was not on this top five list. And as you can, t- as you can see, the bottom three guys are all tied for three. So. Yeah. You know, there's there's a little bit of a consistency there. But what are your thoughts on Breland Speaks' season so far? I mean, what I've been saying all year long, he's clearly one of the best players in the league. He's he's dominant. He's a step above, step above everybody else. And that's why he's leading the league in sacks. And you see him, like, especially against some of the guards or, like, tackles. Just, it's not even fair. Yeah. You know, like, he's on that diff... He has arm moves. He's mechanical, technical... And he's very... Strong. He's he, stronger than everybody. Yeah. He's stronger than any left tackle that I've seen him go up against. It's just like play strength, play IQ. Yeah. And then what, what are your thoughts on some of these other guys? I, don't, I know you probably don't know them by heart, but 
Um, Adam Rodriguez, number 58 for the Stars. You've seen him make some plays when they oh, play yeah. sometimes. He's a ginger white man, so it's a, it's a strange appearance to see him with five sacks, but it's also pretty awesome. Um, but when you see the Breakers, they're getting good production out of these guys. Yes, for sure. Andre St. Amour, defensive end for the Breakers, as well as Keontae Shad. Both guys, consistent players. They know what they're doing. They don't miss up their assignments. They're both, both returning players. Um, and then Greg Reeves. Someone I also kind of want to talk about for a second. He is a beast. He's a linebacker, I see. Yes. And another thing I'd like to point out, he did also just get a pick this past weekend, and it was beautiful. Josh Love, I think he, they played. Josh no, Love. they didn't play. They played the, the Generals and Kyle Aletta. This is this is when he got benched. <laughs> Former Giant. He got benched. Um, did really, get him in draft pick. Really bad pick. Literally a linebacker <laughs> off the line, a free roaming edge rusher, and he throws it like tries to get it over him, and he just <laughs> tucks it. I'll pick have to six. See it. I'll have to see it. You gotta look that up, please. It, he got benched right after that, and Dakota Prukup came in there. Was throwing some lasers. Yeah, he thought it was solid when he came in. But they just didn't, like, that's the one bad thing. Like, if you don't let these guys enough. get, like, a game. Yeah. At least a game. Why were you giving the games to Kyle Aletta the past three weeks? Give him the Dakota. He has more upside. He's been there since week one. Exactly. And um, it was just interesting to see that game, you know, take take helm there. But more free agency signings. Running back Benny LeMay out of Charlotte is now on the Houston Gamblers. Um, Deontay, uh, defensive end Ja'Cory Johns out of Wake Forest is now on the New Orleans Breakers. Cornerback Carlins Platel out of South Carolina is on the Philadelphia Stars. And someone was moved to the inactive roster, offensive lineman Matt Brunell Jr. Um, so those are some more updates for everyone. And also shout out to Messi for becoming an Inter-Miami G now. So that's in our <laughs> state, and we're very excited for that. Um, but let's move on to, we already talked about the predictions, but let's look at these league standings real fast. I just want to get your thoughts on, on this, if you're... Just if you can take a look at that, because the Stallions are the only team undefeated at away games. Just the only thing I notice is the is the South on the on the top and the North on the bottom. That's just you, but you're the first the, thing that st- stands out to me. Literally, because yep. Phil, Philly's at that five spot because they're four and four. They're incredibly mid, and then every Southern team has a positive record <sighs> in every category except divisional, because every That's team crazy. is two and two in their division. So it's equal in the division. That's crazy. But it's just. The divisional games, the outer divisional games, are just lopsided yeah. as fuck. I mean, that's dude. crazy. And then you have, you have the the Michigan Panthers zero and four at home, which is terrible. The Generals are zero and four, zero and three at home. The Maulers are zero and four at home. That's crazy. The Stars are two and three at home, two and one away, two and two in the division, but they're on a one game losing streak. The Generals have lost five in a row. They're not winning another game no, this year. I don't no. think they're. They, they were are. two and one. Oh my god! Wow, wow. How you? How did they fall that far? What happened to their offense? The, the, the Showboats were zero and three, and the the Generals were two and one. Wow. That's that's crazy. that's a that's a little bit of a mind I mean, fuck. The Showboats were at, were at eight on our, on our list back back then. But yeah, for like the first three weeks, yeah. we gave up on them after that forty-two to two performance. Cole Kelly sparked something in them. He did. He really did. And then also another uh, interesting thing I'd just like to shout out is Frank Clark was just kind of re-signed to a one-year deal. I know it's probably not the biggest news, but um, good for him. Good good Ed Rusher to Denver. 100%. And then I guess we can just briefly talk about what your thoughts have been on the league so far, the games you've seen. Um, and then I guess 
some of your thoughts on some of the awards that should be given out at the end of the season. It's kind of coming to an end here. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's it's not it's not bad football. You know, like it's definitely it's competitive. Yeah. Like it's it's competitive. It's, it is fun to watch. There there are good plays, but you you also see some bad plays. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. You do see some. You do see a bad pick every now and then, but. You know, like when you see guys like Alex Magoo, who who, who look like they have it. Yeah, know? they have they have it put together. Um, I think he's the MVP, um, defensive player of the year, probably Frank Ginda. Um, I would say Breland Breland speaks, but he kind of he started off hot and kind of cooled down. The whole team did. Yeah, the whole team really did. Um, but eight sacks in, in eight, eight games, games now. That's I mean, that's good. still impressive. Um, but I'm gonna go with Frank Ginda or Tazino. Yes, one of those guys. Um, that's a that's a tougher debate. I mean, there's still two weeks left, so we'll see. Definitely. Um, and then special teams player or player of the year has to be that kicker, Luis Aguilar yeah, or 19, Alex Kessman. The guys, 19 and 19. Yeah, Alex Kessman. Gotta be that guy. Him or Isaiah Henney for special team because Isaiah Henney's been insane. But like some of these guys definitely do deserve tryouts. So I don't see why not. At least a tryout. I'm not saying say they'll you know the made a team or anything, but get on a practice squad, get their name in there. You Put know? this in their perspective. I think 56 players were signed to NFL teams after season one. I wonder how many this year there will be. Probably more. I would say. I would hope so. Like, maybe double. Mm-hmm. I mean, Especially when injuries happen, there's a, you know, there's a need. There's, there's a need for players. 100%. Especially, you know, at, at least like some of the skill position players. Yeah. You never know what diamond you might find. Or in the even rough. then, there's five linemen, you know, like... A lot of different positions on the offensive line. So 100 percent. You know, offensive lineman. Here's a body you can try out, see how he is. Get him on the practice squad. You know, who knows? Develop him. Yeah. Uh, there's corner or something. Yeah. And Obviously, quarterbacks are hard, harder to come by. Like. Yeah. You don't find those a lot. You really but, don't. Or even guys like a uh, Cavante Turpin. You know, maybe maybe you find that kicker, that punter, that that return man, that long snapper. You know, guys like that. Like. Utility positions, I feel like, is guys that could definitely stand out more. You brought up a good point, punter. I would, I would like to shout out Brock Miller, punter for the G- New Jersey Generals. He's fucking good. Mm-hmm. I just like to get that name out there. Um, but I, I really appreciate you for coming on, Logan. It's yeah, been a, it's sure. a, it's been a, a good time. Minute. Yeah, it's been a little minute, but I'm sure we'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. We just gotta keep grinding and stay consistent for sure. But we have a bunch of new countries listening in: South Africa, Czechoslovakia, uh, excuse me, Czech Republic. Um, and then, obviously, uh, South Korea and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool. So, shout out to everyone out there and much love. And hopefully you're tuning into the uh, week nine of the USFL. It's coming to a close. So, thanks for uh, taking this ride with us. We've been doing power rankings and talking USFL all season. And we'll be talking about it all next season as well. So, expect more coverage for sure. And then, definitely expect a ton of NFL coverage yeah, coming up. Yeah, I, sure. We have a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot for of sure. stuff to do. Especially with uh, Lions and Giants football, Eagles football, so stay tuned Not for now that. Now the Bears, now that Brandon's been yeah, appearing on this show now. Uh, definitely. The Bears. the Bears for sure. And shout out to Brandon. His USFL bets for this weekend should be up like in the next day or so. And maybe Logan will put in a bet or two and we'll see what he has and have him make a template for us. And definitely check out those bets and those picks on our Instagram at Tea Time Reports. We're getting a bunch of new followers. Not a you know crazy amount, but I see a follower mm-hmm. at least once a day now, so that's pretty cool. So we really appreciate all of our supporters out there, and thanks for tuning in to Tea Time. Peace.